Welcome back to the Ink Sync. I am Annie, and this is the publishing podcast for the rest of us. You're hearing me because we are still on break, and we are playing you all some of our favorite episodes from this year, from season one. And season two will be coming into your earpieces sometime in February. We will keep you all updated. In the meantime, here's one of your faves from this year. Everybody, we are here talking about writing, publishing, reading, and I'm feeling a little spicy today, Kaylee. I'm not gonna lie. I have been traveling for the past two weeks, so my internal rage is probably at an all time high. Yes, I have probably been on the other end myself, and you've been just sitting back and getting a lot of it from work. So. <laughs> I'm feeling a little chill today. So oh, good. It works out real well. well. We'll balance. I am Annie, and I'm here with Kaylee. How are you doing, girl? I'm great, Annie. I have a couple days off work. Good. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's absurd. It's really absurd. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it anyway. So how are, how are you other than super glad to not be on a train anymore? Oh, my God. Fam, listen, I love the train. I enjoy the train so much more than flying. The mm-hmm. leg room alone mm-hmm. is worth the cost of admission. The fact that you can sleep, the fact that you can eat whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. Look, I'm happy about trains existing and I love them. But when you spend, I think, across the past two weeks, I've spent maybe 72 hours total on trains. You get a little sleepy internally, emotionally <laughs> of train. But anyways, highly recommend if you are someone who hates flying, if you hate checking your bags, if you hate not being able to bring your own food, if you hate not having leg room, highly recommend a train. But if you are going to travel for more than a few weeks, there's there's really no good option. Even a car would suck. So <laughs> just don't travel. Just <laughs> stay, stay or, home. Stay, or stay home. <laughs> don't go anywhere. This is both my pandemic advice and my travel advice. <laughs> If you want to travel, don't. Yeah. If you want to go see people, no. Those people are dead to you now. Just don't don't go see them. It's fine. You didn't love them anyway. Yeah. Who needs friends or family, honestly? This is getting dark, so I'm going to stop. (laughs) And we are back. And our big topic for the week is own voices. Kaylee, I know this is is one of those really conceptual definitions, but do you want to get us started and tell us what it is and what the conversations about it are? Absolutely. So Own Voices as a movement was started in 2015 by a female author who wanted to use it as a method of bringing to light the issue in writing and publishing where stories about minorities are not being told by the minorities. But generally speaking, it's been a conversation for a very long time, so nobody can argue. I think, and nobody should. In fact, if you can, don't. Don't argue (laughs) that minorities shouldn't be allowed to tell their story. Like, I cannot express enough. They absolutely should, yes. Like, we should support minorities and and broadcast their voices for these stories. A hundred percent. Annie, what do you think? Let's dig deeper into that, I think, because it's, it's such a specific conversation. So what are you seeing that is happening, actually happening, and then the response to it? So I definitely have approached this from not the publishing like sure. it's more of a self-publishing as a consumer free, you've yeah and, and just in general like through fan fiction and yep. through short fiction that is published through different platforms like mm-hmm. tumblr or archive of our own blogging platforms journaling yep. stuff like that and and I, so i guess i'm approaching more from just the people that are engaging in these arguments yeah, directly yeah, yeah. as opposed 
mm-hmm. to companies that are approaching this as a discussion. And I've seen I've seen people say you can't have you can have black characters in your book. You can only have white characters in your book because you're not black. And first off, you don't know if you're speaking from the internet, you don't know. You assume like a shit ton about the people that you're working with, which you can't. You literally unless you personally know that this person is an exploitative asshole in real life, like you don't know if what their what their racial background is. They could look pale skinned and still have a black mom or dad. That was something that I can't remember what I think it was a movie that was written by someone who was not out yet and they received a lot of criticism for not being part of the queer community. But you don't it was know. like a it was like a it was like a shadow outing of them, which is 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 terrible. You going after someone for something that you cannot confirm or deny is ridiculous. And then also even if they're not of that particular minority, who are you to say that somebody can't reach out to that minority, do the research? Like who are you to gatekeep another person, like another group? Or like what if somebody in your community wants to tell their story and wants to work with this person? Like where yeah. does your ability to say no stop and their ability to say yes begin? Like so it's such a complicated thing. If you're not approaching it thoughtfully and critically reviewing your stance on this topic, then I don't, I'm very concerned about that approach. I am concerned about that And those passionate people that just don't actually use their brains. Mm -hmm. Critical thinking is really important, fam. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we see this online all the time. The the bad parts of cancel culture, like piling on for no real reason, just because someone said something about something and then it got retweeted, but it wasn't actually the thing that anyone actually said. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. We should approach this with some consideration and thought and Obviously, having own voices work is extremely important, but we are not here to cancel anyone or be part of the problem of more anger and hatred in the worlds for no real reason. And reduce diversity, because that's actually what will end up happening. That is what does end up happening, is reducing diversity. So we've talked about this on the podcast. We saw this with the Chuck Tingle Hugo Awards situation, where these trolls were like, sci-fi is too diverse now. So let's nominate Chuck Tingle, who presents as a white man. As a as a trolling act, and we've I've talked about this before. Like sci-fi is not real. <laughs> there's no there's there isn't even really as much of an own voices conversation in sci-fi. But we still get that backlash. We still get people rejecting diversity because they feel that it is all encompassing, and that's not at all what anyone is saying. If you feel defensive, if you feel threatened by a person of color in your space, imagine how they feel being rejected from every single space they've been walking into with you in it. If you feel like that there is going to be some kind of violence just because of someone's skin color, that is a prejudice. That is a bias that you have. And I highly recommend analyzing that bias and... Talking to someone, maybe? Perhaps, (laughs) perhaps talking to someone about that, reaching out and figuring out what, where that bias comes from. And it is possible that maybe you have been subjected to violence, but perhaps blaming that on an entire race of people or an entire group of people is not fair or valid. Own voices, um, when people talk about own voices, most of the time, what they're talking about are racially diverse. And we are going to be focusing on the American market, just because that's what we're most familiar with. And those are the conversations we've been following. So usually they mean black or brown voices or Asian and Pacific Islander voices or LGBTQ voices writing about characters that also share those characteristics. So black people writing about black people, queer people writing about queer people. And again, we've said this before, we use queer just as a, a shorthand for LGBTQ. LGBTQ+, because it's a lot more syllables to say LGBTQ+. We do not mean any offense by using the queer word, and I am not a member of the queer community, but... Well, I am, and I support the word queer, so... (laughs) 
<laughs> I I do, and I because I mean it, nobody else needs to get into the 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 massive amounts of, of discussion a lot and going on on queer anyway anyway so that's why we use queer um, we are happy to make a whole episode about it but that's not quite this one so making these stories even if it's fiction even if it's fantastical sci-fi written by the people who identify with that it's very different there is no data out there unfortunately on the racial or gender identification or orientation of protagonists but i was able to break down the u.s population is about 60 percent white 12 percent latino or latina 12 percent african-american five percent asian american and pacific islander and one percent american native and i looked at the current new york times bestseller list and it is about 90 percent white and 90 percent male so I mean, not even digging any deeper from that. Like, you can see that there is a gap between the people of America who are presumably consuming books, even if we're just looking at demographics, and the people who are writing and publishing books. So the need for own voices, it feels completely intuitive. Authentic, for sure. I, you don't even need me to start spouting off data. And that's why we highlight these niche imprints and publishing companies that are, are mm-hmm. coming into fruition right now yeah. and ways that can more respectfully and sustainably reach out to these communities and publish their works because it hasn't traditionally been available. Because a neat, kishy hashtag doesn't necessarily do anything. The actual work that is going behind the concept of own voices definitely 100% needs to happen. And it needs to happen Absolutely. in the industry. Yeah. Needs to happen in like who 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 reviews the pitches, mm-hmm. who approves things forward, all the gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. That's where we need to actually focus on bringing in the diversity. And it is a lot of work. And it, this isn't any kind of silver bullet. I don't want to make it sound like own voices is the cure for all the problems, all the diversity problems in publishing. Own voices. You can tell from the phrase own voices. They're really just talking about authors. There's tons of room for illustrators, editors, marketers who are marketing these own voices books who are not diverse either, who who aren't in part of diverse communities either. So we're going to be talking about authors specifically throughout this and own voices works being usually prose, poetry, that kind of thing written by people of those diverse backgrounds. So this, I don't want to call it a backlash, but this movement I mean, it goes back forever. There was backlash against Uncle Tom's Cabin, which for those of you who are not in the US or who don't know, Uncle Tom's Cabin was a a slave narrative story that was written by a white woman. A lot of people felt a lot of connection to that book. And I don't want to downplay the fact that that fiction was able to work in a way that perhaps a lot of nonfiction at the time was not working. There are a lot of people who draw a line directly from Uncle Tom's Cabin publishing to the Civil War and freeing of the slaves. And again, don't want to downplay that. But the honest truth is that this was a white woman writing about black people in a situation that she literally could not fully conceive of. And there's not a lot of evidence to really speak to the wide breadth of, say, research that mm-hmm, she, that may, she have may or done. may or not have done. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, mm-hmm. slaves did not have the opportunity to write and publish novels. And so it's, it's so difficult. But even back to that time, people have said, can she really accurately write about this life, this story, when she has never been a part of it? And that obviously continues through to today, for those of you who weren't paying attention to the publishing industry in the past few years, American Dirt, it's a fascinating story that really highlights this. If you want to Google that one, it's um, obviously there's more commentary on that than the Mm -hmm. Uncle Tom. But I think that it it makes intuitive sense, like I said before, that we do need diverse voices out there. Just speaking about Uncle Tom, since we already are, Mm -hmm. it was able to convey something to people of specifically the north of the US who were against slavery, specifically the abolitionists, something that they could not convey 
convey through nonfiction, through a different kind of storytelling. So I think that it's it's so important for stories to be told and intuitively understand that these stories should be told. But the contention of the own voices movement is that they should be told by the people who are living them. They should actively be engaged in the process. And or, I fully yes, agree. Like, absolutely. And they should be, when they want to create, they should be encouraged to create. Yes. And if they don't want to create, but the story needs to be told, then they should be engaged at every step of that process. Absolutely. And that's a good point, too. We're talking about writing and also credit. So if they're, even if they're not the ones putting pen to paper it's figuratively, it is still their story and they should be involved in that process. White people in America have a literal history of profiting off of black bodies and ideas, and that cannot continue in the way that it has up to now. I don't think that there are a lot of people out there who think that the Own Voices movement is wrong. I think that there's a lot of people arguing about the details, yes. which on its own is kind of, you know, heartening that we're like, okay, this does need to happen. And we're just like arguing about the methods. Mm-hmm. So let's chat about the methods. So studies show that children who see themselves represented in media are overall happier and overall have better self-esteem. And I could go into all of the studies that show that children having higher self-esteem are better citizens, better people, better parents, better spouses, better mm-hmm. human beings out existing out in the world. So the benefits are there. And a lot of times this really comes up in children's literature and children's publishing. This was a stat that was brought up by a classmate of mine and it blew my mind. So of course, it's not crazy that 60% or so of protagonists in children's literature are white. Humans in the United States, 60% of them are white. Like it's not, I don't think that that is as out of bounds as it could be, but the next highest percentage is not any people of color. It is in fact animals. It's white people and animals. And I feel like that fact on its own is insane in its implications. It's very concerning. And I think that it's separately concerning because in a lot of places, authors are stepping back from from the racial conversations by making all of their characters animals, which has its own deeply unfortunate implications. Yes. Again, for for those who may not know, or if you've just been sheltered, Um, The white supremacist movement in this country has a history of equating people of color with various animals. We don't need to go all the way into that, but it's 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 very problematic on its own. Google's trends, actually, you said this, this was started in 2015. Um, it really gained traction in 2016. The Google Trends data takes a huge jump in 2016. There's probably a lot of reasons for that. I think the political situation in America had something to do with it. There was a, another large jump in 2020. I think that, again, the racial situation happening in the headlines had something to do with that. So I think that that actually shows that people do realize that this is something directly related to current events, that this is something that is a proactive step that can be taken towards perhaps fixing some of these problems that we have that are systemic. It has to be done from every avenue of Mm -hmm. society. It really has to be rooted out, for sure. And this is something that I didn't really think about very deeply until I started looking at some of this. Like, just the fact that we have special sections of our podcast devoted to women and minority voices is very telling that these are not the majority, that these are... We find these because they're unique pieces that people have to write about. Exactly. They are different. (laughs) Most imprints out there, for those of you who are just new to publishing, most imprints focus on genre or story style. They don't focus on the human beings writing the stories or the, the, the characters themselves. So this is, it's, it's news. It is not common. We talk about it because we have to. And that was one of the main points of us starting this podcast was making sure that there was at least a little bit of a platform that maybe they weren't getting elsewhere. 
because they are so rare. So obviously, mm-hmm. again, we aren't subtle. We, <laughs> we, our, our we opinions on are. this, our opinions on this are pretty clear. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, and we do obviously hope this, hope to see more of this in the future. I had an honorable mention that I wanted to bring up in Gideon the Ninth. Um, the, author Tamison Muir, which I'm, I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly, I apologize, does identify as a lesbian. And there are many characters in that book who don't actually say their sexuality. But this was something that I came across when I was writing my review of the book and posting it. Or I look at other people's reviews and someone was like, oh, they said this was a queer book, but there's very little queer stuff in it. I mean, I guess people are, you know, in love with each other, but it doesn't seem like that's the center of the story. And I'm like, it's no, that's the point. <laughs> that it shouldn't be. just live their they they do. They just live their life. They sit on couches sometimes and they don't have to do it queerly. Like they don't, <laughs> they don't just walk around thinking about how gay they are. Like that's not a thing, <laughs> you know? And, and yeah, like there's this, this woman who has, um, you know, several romantic or semi-romantic relationships in this book. And it never, the word lesbian, the word queer, the idea that it is abnormal never comes up. It's just a thing. It's just her feelings. And I felt like that was the point. And I think that that is what you get when you get own voices. It is human beings being human beings, the, you know, marginalizedness of their identity is not the biggest piece of their identity. The biggest it's, piece is that they are a person. Mm-hmm. And they, they, sh- they, oh, that's, yes, it's so stupid. Like, queer characters should be in every genre and every type of book and marginalized and minority characters should, should be everywhere because they exist. Mm-hmm. And they can exist uh, shooting space lasers and they can exist <laughs> on pirate ships and they can be high up people in government. It doesn't... They could be spies. They could be assholes. They, can they be, could be villains. Yeah. They could, every, look, their identity doesn't need to revolve around that. The fact that they're just constantly like thinking about like how queer they are like you said yeah no one there's not a there's not a wrong way to anyway everyone has other things that make them that make up the the whole of your person Mm -hmm. that is if that's who your queer character is you're being exploitative talk to people in that community because they are not i guarantee always thinking about whatever makes them marginalized they've got lives and dreams and hopes they do a whole bunch of shit so that needs to be brought forward in a thoughtful manner into your writing. And we need to support those creators when they want to create that content to let them tell that story and to tell, to let them write these like fictional books where it's part of it, but it's not the whole part of it. I got space lasers to shoot. So what if I'm a lesbian, you know? Yeah. That's not the point of this story, but I'm allowed to be a lesbian and shoot space lasers and wield a sword. Yeah, fuck, fuck anybody who says different. Okay. I'm mad. I'm mad now because people are stupid. Um, <laughs> I've gotten Kaylee all fired up. Everybody. <sighs> I thought I was going to be the fired up one today. <laughs> Got me. Got me. Don't be an asshole. I feel like that's a lot of what mine boil down to. Those are um, your parting thoughts. Yeah, don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. (laughs) Thanks for listening. This is The Inkling. I'm Annie. And I'm (laughs) Kelly.